Hey guys, Henning E. Morton from Flip Normals here. In a lot of the videos we have, we talk about uh, general schools and educational topics, but there's one thing we haven't actually talked about before, and that's the role of the teacher. I'm sure everyone has stories of really good and really bad teachers, <laughs> and in CG you have the whole spectrum. Yeah, You have some of the best people I've ever met, and you have some people who shouldn't be allowed near a computer. Or people. Or people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... We've been going around to different schools and just seeing the different levels you have. And we've seen some behavior from teachers, which is just nowhere near acceptable. And we've seen some, which is just phenomenal. And we also seen students as well who they don't really know what to expect from teachers. They expect maybe far too much or they expect too little of them. In general, I kind of think the teacher field in or the teacher job in uh, CG and art is is often a bit misunderstood. A lot of times you see people who with literally no experience becoming teachers. They go straight from school, maybe they try to find jobs for a year, and now they become a teacher afterwards. And I don't think that's that's great because now you you have people who were just students who are now just teaching more students the same thing they were taught and they couldn't get a job originally. So it's I think it's it extends beyond CG. Like, I remember people that I went to school with, like primary school and then uh, high school. And afterwards, you know, they're not really sure what they want to do and they can't quite find a job. And it seems like what a lot of people fall back on is, ah, fuck it, I'll just become a teacher, mm. which is like the opposite of how it should be. Yeah. Like, I don't know, in my in my opinion, teachers should should be compensated those, the same way like um, doctors are. If you, if you think about it, it's like the teacher is the person who's responsible for forming and guiding you for, I don't know, how many years do you attend school normally? Like <laughs> yeah. 10, 15 years or something? Um, instead, they're just uh, they're this low paid and most of them like tend to get, I don't know, pretty sad. Yeah, and they're overworked. Overworked and, a lot. And they have so much responsibility on their And mind. so many students as well. So I think it's important that if you go into a teacher role, regardless, you know, we're talking about CG now, but going into a teacher role should be not a f like something you fall back on because you couldn't find a job. It should be something that you do because you have a high skill level at something and you have something that you want to teach people. Yeah, I find teaching to be so hard. So, I mean, like we said, we've both been doing that a fair bit. And I find the more I learn about teaching, the more I realize I don't know about it. Because you, you might be thinking that it's all just about, you know, telling somebody how to do a different thing. Like, you're really good at ZBrush. Now you're going to just show your approach in ZBrush, and you're good at that. <laughs> That's nowhere near how it, actually, how it actually works. The way I like to think about it is kind of like, can you walk, like, 10 meters? Absolutely you can. Can you teach somebody how to walk 10 meters? Like, assuming they have no motor control over the legs, can you do that? It's like a fundamentally different skill set. As an example here now, recently we just launched uh, our introduction to Painter. And for that, you know, I've been texturing for, for many years now. But Painter was still something I picked up just in the last uh, few months now. And after a few days, I would, have been able to use, I would be able to use it pretty well in a production. You know, I could Google my way out of things and I could do all that. But actually teaching it, that took like a month of pretty intensive use of it. Yeah. Because it's not just uh, how do you how do you get to the end result. It's you got to make sure you click on the right buttons. You got to understand like true fundamentals of the different parts. So like teaching is is like way deeper than just being a good professional. 
You can be a good professional and a terrible teacher. And you can be a good teacher and a terrible professional. I mean, there are lots of... I've, I've experienced lots of examples of, of, of people being excellent professionals. And they have solid work, you know, some of the best in the industry. And then they do YouTube videos or whatever because they want to get their training out there. But maybe it's their first video or they've only been doing a couple. And the training that they end up making is actually just trash. Mm. Because they haven't developed that skill yet. It's not It's not that they can't become good teachers. But like if you look back to some of the first stuff that Henning and I did. If you find any of our tutorials that's <laughs> pre-Flip Normals as well. I'm not saying that, oh, Flip Normals tutorials are oh, the best in the world. But it's definitely there is a progression where you get better at better. Mm. I mean, you get, get, get better at speaking. You get better at presenting. And you get better at at just knowing the software that you're working with. And you don't want a teacher who's kind of familiar with the skills that they have. They go like, oh, click. Oh, wait, no, it's not there. Oh, let me just find it. Oh, it's this one. And then you have this five-minute rant about not being able to navigate in the menus and stuff, but actually getting to the point. Or, and, or if you do go on tangents, like it's something something useful, not just some dude talking about, oh, when I was a kid, I mm. liked to play in a tree or something. It's a hard skill to cultivate. It's really hard. And now we're just purely talking about like making good videos, which is yeah. which is that. But then you have a whole different element, which is live teaching. Live teaching. And it's this soft skill area of it where yeah. you know you, you're interacting with people all day long. I'm really enjoying teaching and I learn so much from it. And I've become a way better professional from it. Because mm. particularly when it comes to like um fixing topology and retopology and all that i've got so much better because uh, now you have a student who broke everything and be <laughs> like i i just need help with this and you just come down and you just kind of try to fix it and you become way better at that yeah and it's also but it's also interesting when you I, the topics that i've taught have been mostly modeling sculpting related some rendering as well and it's interesting to see that it's always the same kind of issues that people mm. run into, whether regardless of discipline. But if you go into specific discipline, let's say you go into modeling, it is the exact issue, like it's the same exact issue that every student has when they're starting out with modeling and then they become intermediate. Then they have the same problem that all the other students mm. have had. And I don't know, it just seems like this, it's just like a linear thing that you just progress through and then eventually you'll get to the other side. But that also means the more experience you have with teaching, the more you know these common issues that people run into. So once you you know actually teach them or help them troubleshoot, it gets a lot better and a lot faster for you. One of the issues I had when I started out with, with teaching was I kind of assumed that people knew as much as I did. You're always assuming that, you know, you're, you're working at like NPC and now you're, you're trying to go and teach character modeling at a school. And you just kind of assume that the students, they know as much as your colleagues. But turns out, you know, when you're teaching, you got to readjust your entire mindset from they know as much as you do. And you're trying to impress them to they don't really know a whole lot. And you got to go back to the basics. It's really hard where when you're trying to explain somebody, how do you sculpt in ZBrush? Like, <laughs> you're not just talking about how do you like how do you make an appealing character or whatever you're talking about literally how do you move the, the wacom tablet yeah. in order to sculpt how do you navigate in a seabrush i don't know how you navigate in a seabrush watch your tutorial on it <laughs> like i honestly you know can't remember these things because it's such a fundamental thing so it's it's so tricky because you got to you got to simplify your workflow so much yeah but also your your state of mind it's like you shouldn't you should never go into teaching with the mindset that you just want students to like stroke your figure 
objectively speaking cock right that's not the point like it's 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 it should be a selfless act to be a teacher it's not there to boost your ego you are there solely to guide students mm. you know and help them achieve their goals um so if you approach it with the mindset of oh let me show them what i got you know <laughs> that's that's not going to help them that's just going to confuse them and like henning said that then you may, may end up just showing them stuff that's way beyond their level, what their mm. current level is at, and they, then they just get even more confused, and then you turn out to be a terrible teacher. Yeah, when I started, when I was just teaching, I, I was still I was still a student, the point I was like, hell yeah, let's show these kids what I got. <laughs> and you're just doing this like crazy speed sculpting and retopology, and you throw it into like a line scene, and you just render it, and they're going like, wow, that was super cool. I didn't learn anything from it, <laughs> but it was super cool. <laughs> so there's kind of like a difference between like the showmanship of it and actually helping somebody. Yeah. And my goal has, has definitely, you know, gone from, you know, I need to show off to I need to, you know, they need to be helped. They need to, they need to learn something from this. So whenever I've been teaching in you know, the most four or five years or so, it's been way more, let's do simple examples. You know, we're not going to sculpt a fancy character. You know, we're simply, we're going to be doing a very simple one. You can mm -hmm. follow along from it because then you can learn from it. And the next one is slightly more complicated and then slightly more complicated. And then after like two years, then you can do the more advanced stuff. Yeah, it's, I think, like, I just want to reiterate that I think going into a position as a teacher just really shouldn't be taken lightly. No. And, and when in a field, like, obviously, because we have the most experience with CG, but in a field like this, where there's so much competition, you have to be able to rely on the teachers that you have. And I think one of the issues that I've seen with a lot of schools is the is is the lack of the teacher's skills a lot of the time because often you have schools that that rely on like one principal teacher and that one teacher might have like a broad knowledge and and knows a little bit about a lot of different subjects when it comes to CG but that has like the side effect to it that now students have to know that they have to be a lot more independent Whereas if you have a school that provides um, up-to-date teachers that are currently in the industry and then come and teach, they have a lot more knowledge. Like someone who is a professional texture artist is going to have a lot more knowledge and up-to-date knowledge about texturing than a teacher who's been a teacher for 10 years and teaches all subjects to a class. Yeah, there's just no way they can compete with that. No. And that's just one of the inherent hard things about it, that you're always underfunded and always and you don't have enough time for it. Because yeah. you, you might have some courses, like uh, if you go to the animation workshop where your Mort and I have been teaching and we came in to teach creature modeling and they left. Very specific. We were there for two weeks. Before we were there, they they had like a, a really good concept artist teacher, Bryn. And then afterwards we had a really good texture artist, Danielli. And, you know, each of us are, are kind of experts at our respective field. But if you don't have that model, then how do you do that? Like, how do you, if you have 30, 30 kids or 30 people and one wants to be an effects artist, another one to be an animator, third a modeler and the next person a graphic designer. Yeah. Like, you, you can't, you just can't reasonably do that. You're spreading yourself so thin. Yeah, I mean, that's not to, that's not to shit on, on schools or teachers where there is only one teacher. Like, if that's the case, that's fine. But then it's... First, it's up to the teacher to explain to them, and then the students need to sort of like adjust their expectations. Mm. It's not that a student that goes to a school where they only have one teacher can't become as good as a student that goes to a school with a specialized teacher here and there. It's just that the students need to know what they're getting themselves into, that, okay, maybe my teacher can say, like, I want to be an effects artist. And uh, I got a, 
my teacher and I asked, how do I do effects? Then it's their, it's their responsibility to just know, okay, in these companies they use Houdini, they have this kind of setup, and go watch these tutorials from, you know, um, this company, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's that kind of guidance that the teacher should give them. And not, like, sometimes when you have single teachers, sometimes it turns into more frustration because then they, they have to sort of, like, pretend to cover up mm. that they actually don't know what they're talking about. And then instead of, like, trying to guide them, it becomes more, then it goes back to the ego thing. It's about protecting themselves from, like, oh, no, what if the student knows that I'm not, like, an amazing Houdini artist? And they go, like, yeah, you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst thing a teacher can do. I've seen this a fair few times, actually, where I've heard from students where they've been asking, like, very basic questions, like, hey, what does this render setting do? And they're being like, you should know this by now, and Google it. And that clearly just means that the teacher doesn't know what they're talking about. Because <laughs> if somebody if somebody has a question to me and I know it really well, I'd be more than happy to actually talk about it. But if I don't know it, yeah. two options. Either become really cocky and tell them it's their fault, or go, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, because maybe... I mean, you know, there's two possibilities. Either the teacher didn't teach it well enough or the students didn't really give a shit. Mm. And, you know, either way, they didn't know it. But it's still it's still up to the teacher to try and assist them. Like, they they have to do their best at explaining the material and not just go the... Of, of course, there is something to be said for Google it. Because you have different levels of, of questions. Mm. <laughs> if it's like, hey, I don't fundamentally understand... Um, how light bounces or something. And then, okay, maybe I don't know, but maybe let's figure it out or something. Versus if it's like a technical question that you've helped one student with a hundred times to go like, oh, my gizmo disappeared in Maya. How do I get it back? I've showed you a hundred times. Try to Google it this time and see if you can't figure it out by yourself. You know, there's definitely levels to it. So what's the next one? One thing which is um, really important here as well is uh, the role of the teacher isn't to make you good. Mm. The role of a teacher is to allow you the path to be good. Yeah. For instance, here in this this case with the Houdini example, I, think, I thought it was a really good one. If somebody were to ask me, how do you do something in Houdini? Or how do I become an effects artist? I would have no idea. I don't know anything about Houdini. If somebody asks for Houdini tutorials, sorry guys, you're not getting that from <laughs> us anytime soon because I would have to learn that. But what I can do, I could help somebody become a good effects artist because I know people who are effects artists. Yeah. I could connect them with that, and I could I know what software they use. I know I know the general communities. I know the direction to go into that. Yeah. But if I were to try to help them with Houdini, I would just have to bullshit like a lot. My flip-flop, slip-flop solver isn't working. What do I do? Hey? Yeah, I'll connect the nodes to the thing. Yeah, yeah, so that doesn't work. Like, if you if you got to, you know, Google something the day before your lecture, uh, like something like Houdini, like teach them. Like, <laughs> how to Houdini. How to Houdini. Like, you are not going to be able to do that. But as a teacher, then, what I think you really think you should be doing is exactly that. You should, you should give them a path to it. So when you're starting as a school, at a, a school as a student, and... And if you think that you're going to be good by the time you finish the school, just by the act of attending the school, mm. you are in for some very harsh truths in the coming years. Watch our harsh truths video. Watch your harsh truths videos. And watch uh, You Not As Good As You Think video. Yeah, that might be helpful right there. <laughs> that might be helpful. <laughs> but if you assume that you're going to be in an, in an environment now where you 
can learn to become a good artist. Now you're in for a good time because now you're, now you're not going to assume that the teacher is going to teach you everything you need to know, but instead that he's going to be able to, you know, provide you with an overall direction for it. It's it kind of like um, you're shooting up a, a rocket and, you know, you can't be... You can't, the teacher is kind of like shooting up the rocket and you're the rocket here. You want the rocket to land in the correct spot. The teacher can't guide the rocket the entire way because that would be insane. Like if it's like 10,000 meters above sea level, you're not going to... He know. can't go into space, but you can. Exactly. <laughs> so now what he needs to do is he needs to give you instructions on how to get there yourself. And hopefully you will land in the right spot. But if you expect him to like lift you up and like throw you around, like that's not going to work. But you can expect him to, to give you the instructions on... And, you know where to where to land so you can do it by yourself i think that's why like the teacher student relationship is a very sort of symbiotic one and i think i think a lot of people when they start as a student at any school i would like the the, the, the default mindset is probably going to be i'm going to attend the school and because i pay to the school it's a great school i'll mm. be great and i'll have a great job um then it's you know that's obviously the student's fault because they don't understand how it works. But then it's also up to the the teacher at that point to be like, okay, here are some realistic like realistic expectations that you should have. Here are your goals and then be able to inform them about how it's actually going to work and not and not lead them down this path of, yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Just listen to my lectures. That's all you need to do because I think that's the wrong way to go about it. I think so. So we, we have a little list here of like things which are reasonable to expect from a teacher and things which are unreasonable to expect. This, all, of course, also depends on, you know, the teacher in the school you're in, but some general guidelines. So one thing I think is perfectly reasonable to expect from any teacher is worth anything is that they should be able to give you good and solid feedback, almost regardless of what kind of work you're doing. Like if even if I'm like, even if I'm... Uh, one teacher and you have effects artists and seabirds modelers, you know, you still won't, still won't be able to give you good feedback. Maybe I can't provide it directly, but then I should be able to find people to give you feedback. Mm. Essentially, I should, you should be able to trust me with you getting proper feedback on your work. But that's where also having a teacher that instead of having one specialized skill set come in as a teacher, if you're, if you're sort of like one principal teacher has like good fundamentals, uh, knows art to a certain extent, then it doesn't matter. Like I can look at an explosion that an effects artist has done and go like, I think it's good or it's not good. Like, mm. oh, gravity looks weird. Okay, the way that the trails are doesn't look good. You know, that, but I'm not an effects artist, but I still have a, f you know, a foundation in something. And I think that's important, especially for the more broader, the broader teachers. Yeah, exactly. Here, like you, in this case, you wouldn't be able to tell them how to change the explosion. Like, no, make it more explosiony. Like you, <laughs> you can't, no, no idea. But you, at least you can give them notes on how to get there. Yeah, I think I think feedback is really one of the most fundamental things you you need in order to improve as an artist. But that's also sort of like that's again that teacher student thing where t teachers need to learn how to give good feedback and that's a skill in its in, in on its own so you take a phd in <laughs> and students also have to learn to take feedback and like when you start out as a teacher giving feedback your feedback is going to probably be pretty harsh you're like oh this is wrong oh this is mm. pretty shit it is shit but you kind of have to like i always found that it's like always the carrot stick kind of thing that works <laughs> good you like you always say something good then you say some feedback and then you you know compliment them again mm. by saying another good thing because you never want to just you know, just put them down. 
is it your role is still to guide them and 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 to at least have them try to be optimistic about their future so if if feedback i mean we see this in vfx as well and and it's not always the best working environment you go into your daily session and most supervisors will just go like change this change this i don't like this i don't like that whereas if you go into a, a daily and your supervisor I mean, I've felt this myself, and it makes a huge difference. You go in, uh, maybe you change this, not a big fan of this. Love what you've done over here, though. Mm. That's great. So we do more of that. You go like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, I did something that was really great. Um, but, again, students also have to sort of dial in their sort of feedback meter a little bit and, and know how to take it and not take it personally. That's a, an important one as well. It's never on you. It's always on the work you're doing. Yeah. The way I like to think about this is, this is something I know we talked about in some other videos, is when it comes to feedback, the goal is always to help the other person. It's not to find flaws in the work by itself. That's just kind of the topmost layer. Yeah. The bottommost layer is, does this actually help the other person? So if you're, you know, if you're, if you have a beginner who's uh, was asking me for feedback and I just absolutely destroyed the person to find all the flaws, that doesn't, help the person yeah i found the flaws but the game is to find the errors the game is how can this person make the next piece even better mm. so i like to think of it as not like this like a uh, whiplash style brutal honesty but more like the kind honesty you you can you can be nice in in your approach sure there are like there are different levels here you know i have some people who just have to be smacked around because like, some people are just so fucking arrogant yeah you know <laughs> sometimes you just gotta like listen you just gotta okay one sec let me just exactly let me get the bat and then just <laughs> but that's also <laughs> ultimately to help them right because yes. now if you if you if you tell them like oh yeah it's super good but change this they're gonna be like nah no nah, he said it was good yeah he said it was good so that's i'm good fine. But in, but it, it's actually to help them. So some people need the more brutal honesty and some people just need to really be, be cared for in a, okay. in a more soft way. Like one of first that always works there, and I, I think it's interesting, when, when you ask this question, most people will always answer like the same thing. You go like, okay, I'm going to give you feedback. Do you want me to be brutally honest? Uh, or do you want me to sugarcoat it? You're like, okay, just just give it to me. Just <laughs> tell me how it actually is. Because then you sort of prep them. And then you're like, you know, this is nothing about you. Let's have a look at your work. Mm. And then most people are sort of more susceptible to taking in the feedback. I really like it when you can give feedback to people and you can give like a sculpt over afterwards. You're like, ah, yeah. oh, your eyes are too far apart or whatever. But you're not just telling them that. You're sitting down and you're, you're practical with it. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Another thing, too, which I think is perfectly reasonable to expect from a teacher is that they should, kind of what we were talking before, they should give you a path to independent learning. If, you know, if, if I'm a student, I need to know how can I keep developing when the teacher isn't there. This could include, you know, you, know, you have a path for, you know, where you are, you want to be, we keep using character artists as an example a lot, because that's what we know, <laughs> but you want to be a character artist and you know the end game here you know like you kind of know kind of what you need in your portfolio you know what software you need to learn you know all these kind of things you aren't there yet but at least you know where you have to progress to what you have to do to get there it's more problematic if your goal is to want to be a character artist and you have no idea how to self-study most of your time will honestly spend self-studying because your teacher isn't going to be there you're going to most likely going to have to work at pretty late nights and it's so important that you have a path for independent learning. Yeah, I mean, the the goal there is really to be a uh, functioning adult. Yes. <laughs> you know, even within art. It's, it's, it's the teacher's 
like mission to to teach you how to like do it yourself and not just constantly rely on asking questions to a teacher. You know, obviously there's going to be stuff when you go into a professional career that you're surrounded by other professionals that have a lot of answers as well. But constantly bugging people about like, oh, how did I turn on the grid in Maya and stuff. And there are things that you should be taught to figure out yourself and it's always nice to try and figure things out if, you know eventually if you can't figure something out then obviously go ask a question but it's I, one of the most retarded things i ever heard was uh, a friend of mine was a rigger and he was told like he was like oh yeah you're excellent we love your work and stuff but um if you want to be senior you have to ask l- less questions or something <laughs> that's so and it's like it's the stupidest thing i've ever heard i mean i get Maybe the point was, okay, try to be a little more independent. Mm. But the way it was phrased was uh, you basically shouldn't ask questions if you want to be a senior because then it doesn't look very senior. And that's where you have to, like, it doesn't matter. Like, if it looks senior, like, your ego is not at at, at risk here. It's, it's Fuck that. It's about getting the job done. And yeah. if you can get the job done, I don't know, an hour quicker because you ask the person next to you who happens to know the answer, then go for it. When I was working in VFX, I was never thinking, oh, okay, I know this best, so, you know, I, I'm going to just kind of do it. I would always ask people, how would you approach this? Yeah. Because then you're learning, you're learning their approach. I would also sit through a desk a lot and just see if I could pick up tips and tricks there. And that accelerated my learning so much simply because I, I, got, I got other people's opinion on it. And that's, you have to find that balance as a, as a student as well. So, like, whether you're in a professional environment or if you're sitting in a classroom, it's sort of the thing, the same thing. Like you have students next to you who probably have some answers yeah. uh, to what you're looking for. And then you kind of have to make that judgment call, whether like, okay, have I asked this person for help for like 50 times in one minute or have I tried to figure it out myself? Yeah. The, and also you do have stupid questions. Yeah. Like <laughs> the whole like, oh, you don't know stupid questions. I mean kind of are. How do I open Maya? That's a stupid question. Yeah, that's a, that's a stupid question. There are some, there are more like, have we covered this already or is it is is it your fault that you have this question did you literally just cover this in class and you were on your phone yeah i've had this before people are sleeping and like are coming in late yeah come on dude you know get yeah. get your that then it then it becomes kind of a stupid question because then it's your fault that you didn't know it yeah and then one thing as well this is this is kind of kind of like the most basic one of them all is you should be able to expect your teacher to actually teach you stuff this is something i've seen a fair bit where you know the teachers don't really have a lot of lectures and they're covering maybe only the most basic things particularly if you're if you're a more specialized teacher like what we've been doing if we if we went to denmark to to teach people at the animation workshop and we only gave them feedback like that's like half the battle yeah we need to have lectures and we need to teach them how to do the things you're not just gonna you're not born with the ability to setting up a displacement map in V-Ray. <laughs> you got to have lectures about these kind of things. And yeah, sure, they could Google all these kind of things, but now you're just distilling the knowledge for them. You're maybe collecting five years worth of professional experience into like one quick topic. The problem with like, I, I know that it can sound a little contradicting what we're saying about like, okay, you need to research, you need to ask questions, but it's, it's really like, it's a skill you also have to develop. Like if you, let's say the displacement map uh, stuff, for example, if you had a teacher that just told you, oh, I don't know how to set up uh, displacement maps in V-Ray and just go like Google it. You're most likely going to find like 10 different sources saying mm. 10 different things. Whereas if you have a teacher that knows it, they can give you the right information or at least say, 
try to go to this website and read this guide because they have a good guide on how to do it. You know, that's that's that should really be the role. So obviously they have to teach you something, but I'm also a firm believer in like trying to minimize your lectures just mm. because if you have a full day of lectures, all of your students are going to be falling asleep. Absolutely. Like, I don't know, like maybe an hour, maybe two hours of lectures a day because it's quite intense, especially when you're constantly learning. If it's like a recap lecture, okay, then you can sort of like, you can chill out a little more and you can kind of figure out, okay, I remember this from last time, but this was a new piece of information. If it's constantly new learning and you're doing that for your entire day, then you know, you're just not going to be paying attention. That's yeah. what you see in like elementary schools as well. Not going to work at all. No. So you definitely need to do that. That's what we did when we actually went to Denmark now a few months ago. We, a lot of the lectures, they were, yeah, we had lectures, but we also recorded them as YouTube videos. Mm. So we have, um, we have a playlist called like something like the character artist toolbox, which was, we kind of, we put together a lot of the videos they would need. So instead of us recording lectures there, which is terrible, because uh, <laughs> you don't want to do that live. And then we already prepped that. So yeah. if they needed to to rewatch something, they they already had videos for it. And I really believe that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, because then on their own time they can sort of rewatch it. And if they didn't, if they missed the part, you know, they can always go back and and sort of rewatch it. Yeah, exactly. And some some topics, you know, you want to be a bit more. You want to have live lectures. Maybe it's more like a fundamental skill, and there was some more back and forth. But there are some things which are just really hard to teach. The year before. Uh, I had lectures on uh, virtual ordering and virtual ordering is just it's just really tricky to teach like there are there are just some technical things here and it's a really annoying one <laughs> but then this year we just made a YouTube video on it and people could watch that in their own time meaning that what was presented to them was far more refined than some kind of shaky lectures which they wouldn't really understand I mean it's the same thing when we're I mean effectively teaching on YouTube or the tutorials that we're making that's still content that's record it and then edit it to be the best that it can, it can be. The problem with always having live lectures is that you're going to mess up at some point. Like it doesn't matter how, like we've used Maya for so many years, but for some reason there's always new features that just happen to pop up when you use them, um, especially in front of students and you go, I have no idea what this button does. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's distracting from your lecture. We had lectures when we were in school when they would spend half the lecture being like, where do I, where do I find a button? Yeah. Where, where is that? Oh, the move that I'm used to my 2013 this is my 2015. I don't know where it is. And that happens because in, you know, in the industry, you're never really up to date on the software. Yeah. You're always a few years behind. Yeah. Like an example of a really bad teacher there is uh, we had one at some point who he really took it to the extreme in, in terms of how independent a, a student should be. I think you need to find like a middle ground there. He just came in class and he was like, all right, um, the way I learned 3D was uh, just Googling tutorials. So I'm just going to sit at the desk all week and then you guys Google the tutorials. And we're like, but, but what? What? We don't know what shading is. We yeah. don't know the terminology, you know? It's like, yeah, it's not my problem. You exactly. Find tutorials. That's the bad teacher. The opposite end of that spectrum. So we have the two, two ends here. You have this one, which is like, I'm not going to teach you anything because that's how I learned. That's one end. The other, other end is we only going to do lectures all day long. And, you know, now I'm going to teach you everything. And then but, you die inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's say you're doing like a lighting lighting course. Now, you, the teacher is going to have to teach you the basics of lighting, the lights and all these kind of things. But then you can add Google Google to get additional information. And you don't yeah. want to make your lectures too long. But you definitely don't want to go, yeah, just Google everything. <laughs> That's like full on anarchy. Yeah, and that I think that, that problem sort of like comes up if 
also if the teacher doesn't have enough experience yeah. then it becomes like the google wars who can google the most and as that is one of the hard parts and we we are facing that ourselves because now that we've left the industry and we we're effectively teachers um it's trying to stay up to date with industry knowledge like what kind of software comes out how does it change what does this update do that's that's one of the trickiest parts of this and a a teacher that is constantly at a school is definitely also going to be facing this unless they have i don't know paid time from the school to get updated on software which i doubt most schools yeah, really have i haven't seen that and also techniques as well yeah they really it's this is also on our list of yeah stuff which is reasonable to expect and that is exactly what Martin was saying you it's reasonable to expect that the teachers have up-to-date knowledge on what's happening here i mean if they can only tell you to google stuff then you know they're effectively just a relay to google yeah which exactly is useless then you're like let me google that for you.com <laughs> i love that website <laughs> it's so good so it's so important that they have up-to-date skills. Like, it, let's say you're texturing something, and they're going like, yeah, okay, so now we open Photoshop. Like, no, 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 let's open our texturing software. Yeah. And, you know, that might be the way it was done 15 years ago, but you need to have up-to-date skills. This is going to sound a bit basic as well and almost a bit condescending, but you need to treat the students with respect and professional attitude. This is like, of course you're going to do that. Nobody would not do that. <laughs> Except that they would. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories from students where the teacher has been an absolute asshole to them. Like, not answered answered extremely relevant question and just really been incredibly rude to them and honestly been very callous in their approach, telling them they're not going to get jobs when they're done based on absolutely nothing. <laughs> telling them the wrong thing. Straight up just misinformation. You really got to respect your students and have a good professional attitude towards it you don't take out your anger on some poor 21 year old guy <laughs> who just happens to be a bit insecure no i mean we could go into all kinds of reasons why a person would do that but like as a teacher it's like it, it they might be students and i don't know there's always going to be this hierarchy when it comes to teachers and students but you still like it's the same thing with students i mean it it's all about teaching teaching treating each other with respect and and then you know figuring out how do we how do we work together to achieve um your goals yeah. that's that should really be the mission so yeah once you if you have a teacher that's doing that kind of stuff you know kind of back to what we're talking about maybe they don't know what they're talking about maybe it's a way of uh just protecting themselves from being like oh shit i didn't know anything about effects or something so it's a, yeah, I don't really know how to combat this problem in schools. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> that goes for everyone. And also, this is something we really covered in the You're Not As Good As You Think video, is expose your students to the outside world, outside of the four corners of the school. Mm. This is something I've seen so much, and it's such a big issue. Essentially, people think that the classroom is a representation of, of the real world, yeah. where the best person is is the best person in the industry and the worst person is not getting a job ever. But in reality, there's just, it's not the truth at all. We'll just watch our, and you know, as good as you think video on that. Cause we, we elaborate really on that. Yeah. And then, um, regular catch ups with your students is an excellent way to figure out, um, do they actually know what they're doing? Cause you can actually, even if you're just like when, when we've been teaching for, for like just a few weeks at a time, it's very easy to start to neglect students who don't, 
necessarily ask for help by themselves because some students they don't maybe they don't feel comfortable maybe they are not really in the mood and they're like no i'll just work on it by myself there it's really your responsibility as a teacher to go around talk to the people in class and and make sure that they're doing is it and it's not like a oh you have to do what i tell you to do but it's making sure that they're on the right path so if it's a character teaching character class or whatever about zbrush you know go and talk to them about are you struggling with anything in zbrush so it, it's good to just always keep up to date on your students. Can't, can't express how important that is. Yeah. And then we get to the unreasonable stuff. Yeah. And uh, I mean, some of these things go for both uh, students and teachers alike. But um, one of the things is your, your your teacher is there and it's their job. You know, that's, that's it. It is not their like, it's not their entire world. So you can't expect them to be available at all hours of the night. They're there during school hours most of the time. And then for some schools, uh, some teachers come back in the evening and help people. But that's really a bonus. You know, you are there at the same time as they are, and you can't expect anything more than that. Yeah, it's, it's, this, is, this is where there's a real asymmetry in it. Because you're as a student, you're, it's, not your, it's not a job. Being a student is it's not a job at all. It's not like an eight to four kind of job. You might work 12 hours a day. Yeah. So, you know, you, you are there from maybe eight to eight. The teacher is there from maybe nine to four. Yeah. And that's because that is, that's their job. You, there isn't symmetry here. Don't expect them to come back in the evening and don't expect them to answer messages. If you have them on Facebook or something, you know, don't spam them at every <laughs> hour of the night. Yeah. Like it, it, it gets quite intense because you don't have one student who's doing it. You might have 20 at the same time. Yeah. I remember particularly after I've been leaving Denmark, uh, after I've been teaching at the animation workshop there, I've had like 10 students asking me a question, be like, oh shit, I didn't, I forgot how to do the thing. Can you teach me how to do displacement settings or whatever? Yeah. And you just don't have time with that. I'm sure they're more than happy to give you some general guidance. But, mm. but and a lot of people, and, and a lot of teachers really want to hear from their students. You know, they want to, okay, what's your progress like? Can I see what you've done? Uh, but you also just have to think about it, that, you know, s- teachers are also people. They're not just. It turns out they are. <laughs> they're not just like this vessel of knowledge that's no. there to facilitate your growth, and that's the only thing they do in life. You know, they have they have lives of their own as well. So, that's I think that's important to keep in mind for students as well. And uh, one thing that I want to talk about is um, the. It's kind of related again to developing independence, and I think developing independence as a student might be one of the most important skills that you can develop, along with troubleshooting um because some students run into this issue where i mean every student is going to run into issues where they'll get frustrated and they can't figure out what they need to do and they feel like no matter what they're doing it just it just isn't working and what some students do probably a little prematurely is just go uh, instead of asking for feedback or help they go like hey fix my shit it's your job as a student. I've literally had a student tell me it's your job as a teacher to make my work or like to, to fix it for me. And I'm like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. I'm here to teach you. I'm here to, you know, guide you. I'm here to make sure that you are on the right path. It is not my job to sit down at your desk and do your topology. No, you're not doing labor. No, exactly. you're not a, your job is to teach them. It's like I can't express how how much it's not my job to do what you're asking. Yeah, it's me. literally the opposite. Yeah. So th- that's why we're saying that this is yeah you have a lot of bad teachers, 
but you have a lot of bad students as well. And that's and I think that's where you have to, as a student and a teacher, you kind of have to have that conversation when people start in school. Okay, what's realistic? What do we want from each other? And how can we help each other? What is your role? What's your role? Definitely not. And what is my role? You know. And one of the roles which is definitely not is to be your psychologist. This is something that I've seen a fair bit. Where you know, I, I'm I try to I, I tend to. I tend to be pretty personal when with the students when I'm there. Like I'm, I see them more as people than as students. So, some people, some people take that a bit too far, and and they unload stuff onto you. And it's not your role as a teacher to be their psychologist. Like if you have, if you if you're a student and you have some deep issues, you know, the teacher is in the, the the modeling teacher is probably not the first person you should contact regarding these kind of things. You know, then you know if you if you actually have issues with that, you need to get actual help maybe there's a school therapist or something like that mm. don't go directly to your teacher for these kind of things because that can also really can really fuck up the teacher as well if they're if they're if they're always exposed to all the dark stuff which happens behind the scenes in class they will be more happy to help you develop as an artist or whatever it might be but there is a clear boundary between what's acceptable to talk about and what's not acceptable to talk about in this setting here i mean there's definitely an element of you know if it's if it's class related and you have a lot of deadlines for 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 tests that you have at school and you're just like i just don't know how to make it you know obviously talk to your teacher about it but there are just some things where unloading on a teacher isn't i mean it's it's not their job I've had this in the past where, not to turn this too dark, but you know, I had people with like, who are essentially suicidal coming to you and you're like, Jesus Christ, that's like, that's a lot to unload on. Especially on, on someone. And I think it, it's, it can be easier sometimes because oftentimes if it's a teacher that's coming from outside, then you don't know them that, that well and unloading on them seems like, okay, this is going to be fine because they don't know me anyway, so it'll be, it'll be fine. They, they're not going to judge me or anything. And probably not, and they probably do want to help you. But there is also just a limit to the function of a teacher. Yeah, there really is. And then also, it's unexpe- you shouldn't be able to expect them to know every single skill at a really high level. Like, this is a bit contradictory. Because we've been like, yeah, you need to have industry-level skills that are at what you're doing. <laughs> but you can't be an expert in everything. But this just means that, you know, if, if you tell me you want to you wanna be like a lighter, I, I can't give you super in-depth feedback about specific render man settings in katana but like <laughs> i just can't do that no. so this is where exactly what we were talking about beforehand you need as a student you need to l- know the limit of the teacher for instance if uh, you know if, if we've been teaching and you want to become something in, within modeling or texturing that we can actually help you there but if you want to, you know, become a game artist, we can't help you as much there. So just know the limit of your teacher, know where the strengths are, because you don't want to be asking somebody for feedback when they actually don't know what they're talking about. No. Asking again, asking me for katana questions, I, I'm I'm not going to be able to <laughs> give you good feedback there. So, I mean, who is really? Yeah. <laughs> who is? So figure out what you want to do, and then figure out where your teacher can actually help you here. And if they can't help you, then that might be totally fair because you know you literally can't know all the things yeah and then figure out uh, an independent way of you to learn here so just to sort of recap i think the way i would define it is that the role of a teacher is not like it's not a black and white thing it's a very symbiotic relationship with the students and it's up to both of them to figure out what does the student want to get out of you know 
this period, however long they're in school for. And, you know, it's up to the, the teacher to facilitate that. It is not the teacher's job to um, make them an amazing artist. They just need to be able to give them the tools to make themselves an amazing artist. I think that sums it up pretty well. And, you know, if you if you want to be a teacher, that's an awesome job. Yeah. And it's for the hardcore. I think that's really important. It's not for... It's not an easy job. It's not an easy job at all. And it's one job where you can really make a huge impact on the people around you. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I guess that sums it up. Um, if you want to see more videos like this in the future, uh, maybe we can do another one about students or something. Uh, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And make sure to turn on notifications so that you're notified whenever we put out a new video. Thanks for watching. Thanks a lot.